Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons. And today I'm teaching Brian all about the Spelljammer setting. One, two, three, four. Welcome, adventurers, to the Dungeon Cast. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. How are you doing today? I'm good. I feel special because you're just teaching me. <laughs> I know. Just you. No one else. We're not even recording this. No. no. <laughs> I'm kidding. Get ready, um, listener. You're not going to learn shit. It's all going to be me. So today we are going... <laughs> To space. What? Sort of. Not like our real life space, but a weird fantasy space that operates under very different laws of physics. A D&D space. Where combat takes uh, six seconds, but it actually takes like uh, like 20 minutes to finish that round. (laughs) Well, yes, that that still stands. Um, But it's not even really a and d space so much as it's a spell jammer space. Um, Although in world that they call it wild space. Um, but we are talking about Spelljammer. The setting, not the thing in the world that's also called a Spelljammer. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, we're covering the Spelljammer setting today. (laughs) Not the item, the Spelljammer. Yes. And it's only in space, sort of. Yes, exactly. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So this is a setting uh, with a unique take on space travel and multiversal connection. Uh, It's cool. And there's a new book coming out that everyone should buy. So. Oh yeah, the the new uh the new D&D like it's a sanctioned D&D book, right? Yes, it's Spelljammer Adventures in Space even though it's not really space, but still it's their version of space. We'll get into it. Let's talk about it. It is a space. It is a space <laughs> that exists cool. in the mind. Got it. Now we are talking about the setting of Spelljammer before the release of this new book. I want this episode to be a basic primer for people who are interested in the setting, but want to know what they're getting into first. Right. Uh, that being said, we know very well on this show, it's come up a million times, how drastically things can change from edition to edition. Right. So everyone be aware that there will likely be some variation between the info that I've gathered from previous editions on this setting and what will be in the upcoming Adventures in Space book. I, I think it'll be very different. Uh, uh, yeah, I have, a, a, I have a, a very strong sense that it will be. And yeah. that's okay. That's going to totally have its fine. own 5e yeah. flavor. You I know, they've had a long time to work on it. Yeah. I cannot wait till, despite my disclaimer here, for years to come about comments about how I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I know, right? Like, none <laughs> of that is accurate to the release of the late, like, uh, yeah. yeah. We, uh, Listen to the disclaimer. <laughs> Look at the date this came out. Shut the fuck up. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so what is Spelljammer? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> 
So what is Spelljammer? I don't even know anymore. Spelljammer is a campaign setting originally published back in second edition, which features a fantastic as opposed to a scientific depiction of outer space environments. Uh. The key premise of Spelljammer is that magic allows ship to fill their space. Not like traditional sci-fi spaceships, but like literal boats and other strange and fantastical vehicles that can venture off off world and into outer space. It sounds like the solar sailors. They have like big fins that catch solar winds to propel them. There, there's, there, there is a bit of that. Yeah, there's okay. a bit of that that's going on. We it's will get into it when we start talking about spelljammers. Yeah. yeah, everything's magic. Yeah. Okay. The spelljammer setting was designed with the usual sword and sorcery adventures of Dungeons and Dragons, while still operating within the framework of the many outer space tropes. Flying ships travel through the vastest, uh, vast expanses of interplanetary space, visiting moons and planets and other stellar objects. But you still get to swing your sword, and that's effective as well. Yeah, and there are hippo people. And there are hippo people. We'll get into them, too. Right. Uh, and they did this, and, and this is the main reason that I think uh, Spelljammer is... Like, when you say Spelljammer is d in space, that is a gross misinterpretation. You're not giving people the proper idea. Yeah, it's such um, a blanket. That's such a blanketed mm-hmm. term, and it's this is really specific stuff. Yeah, and uh, the reason that I'm about to say here is why it is that way, but also I think it's awesome because it gives Spelljammer an incredibly unique like flavor. It's not like almost anything else I've ever seen except for like really old stuff, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, it's like its own spinoff of what sci-fi can be. Yeah, exactly. Like. Um, and I'll talk about some of the influences on that. But they did this idea of Spelljammer uh, with the idea that every official setting, Forgotten Realms, Dragonlance, Dark Sun, Eberron, is literally a planet slash planetary system that can be visited by crossing the expanse of space. Cool. So this is a plug and play system. You mm-hmm. can just exist in your already existing lore and world. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. great. This actually unifies most D&D settings and provides a canonical method for allowing characters from one setting to travel to another setting. Yeah. Uh, Spelljammer introduces a comprehensive system of fantasy astrophysics, including the concept of crystal spheres. Crystal spheres are areas in space that may contain multiple worlds and are navigable using ships equipped with spelljamming helms. Oh, okay. So, ships powered by spelljamming helms, oh god, I, love, I lost my place, are capable of flying into not only the sky, but into space. With their own fields of gravity and atmosphere, the ships have open decks and tend not to resemble the spaceships of science fiction but instead look more like galleons, animals, birds, fish, or even more wildly fantastic shapes. Though the cosmology uh, for Spelljammer is derived largely from the Ptolemaic Ptolemaic system of astronomy. Do you know who Ptolemy is? Yes, I do. do Okay, ancient philosopher from like... The old Roman Empire, Egypt, yeah. all that mm-hmm. other stuff. Uh, these were basically, this is basically based off his ideas of what space could be like, you know. Okay, so, yeah. that's neat. Uh, many of the ideas from the setting owe much of their works also to late 19th century and early 20th century sci-fi writers such as Jules Verne or Edgar Rice Burroughs. Yeah, those uh, are uh, prolific names mm-hmm. in sci-fi. This gives Spelljammer a very particular flavor. Simply saying Spelljammer is just an Indian space, I think, does not give the proper impression of the setting at all. Yeah, we've covered Spelljammer here and there on the show um especially i think the last one we did was the beholder spelljammer beholder episode right uh yeah so a lot of the when during year of the beholder we talked about a lot of like particular like out there beholders and a lot of them come from this setting because beholders are very prominent in spelljammer um they tend to work together more so than your classic beholders and they tend to form hive minds and stuff and like these hive minds float around like ships and stuff like that 
Yeah, um, that makes sense. With you can have a ship made out of like any shape or whatever. Exactly. So long as it can magically propel itself, that's all that matters. Yeah. So you're not worried about like pressure or atmosphere. I didn't read anything about pressure. Atmosphere. The thing is, we're, we're gonna like get the spell jammer. Kind of, we'll take care of it. I think that's the idea. I didn't yeah. actually read anything that said that, but it's got to be the idea that, or you're casting the the breathe. Uh, what is it? The I know there's a spell that makes it so oh, you don't like, need to breathe. You can breathe in uh, whatever atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, and there are races that do the yeah. same. I mean, I've got an image in on the new monitor in the background that suggests that everything is cool out there. Which on the is deck weird of the ship. because a lot. Of, yeah, it, it, it's weird because a lot of stuff we're going to talk about literally says that in these regions there is no atmosphere. So it's like, well, there has to be a fake one on the ship then. Exactly. But yeah, I didn't read yeah. anything about it. But I'm sure someone who's way more familiar with Spelljammer might know. Again, this is just a beginner's a introduction. Yeah. I would imagine it's the I'm waiting for the book itself. to come out, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe it'll have more details. But let's talk about the structure of Spelljammer space and physics. Okay. okay. Starting with crystal spheres. A crystal sphere, sometimes called a crystal shell, is a gigantic spherical shell that contains an entire planetary system. Mm-hmm. Each sphere varies in size, but typically they are twice the diameter of the orbit of the planet that is furthest from the sun or planet at the center of the sphere, depending on whether it's geocentric or, gosh, what's the other? Heliocentric? Hey, there we go. Heliocentric. Yeah. Okay. Um, crystal spheres are made of a dark ceramic material that has no gravity and appears to be impossible to damage by any normal or magical means. Cool. That's great. Uh huh. The sur- good stuff. The surface of the sphere is called the sphere wall and separates the void of wild space within the sphere from the phlogiston. That's a word we're going to say a thousand times today. It is a gaseous, liquid-like magical element which surrounds and flows outside all crystal spheres. Um, openings in the sphere wall are called portals, allowing spell jamming ships or wild space creatures to pass through and enter or exit from a crystal sphere. Portals can spontaneously open and close anywhere on the sphere wall. Oh, no. I bet there's some that this portal's been open for thousands of years, yep. and we don't expect it to close. Absolutely. Like volcanic Until activity. it does. Until it does, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's un- this sphere is indestructible. Until it's not. Exactly. Go find out what happened, adventurers. <laughs> Crystal shells mark the outer limit of any deity of that system's influence. Divine magic that emanates from a deity worshipped on a world within a crystal sphere is severely dampened or becomes completely non-existent once one crosses the crystal shell into the phlogiston and into... Uh, other crystal spheres, unless the deity also enjoys considerable worship in this new location. You sure it's not phlogiston? I it was it, <laughs> it was spelled out to me, enunciated as phlogiston. Okay, just checking. Yeah, I swear to God, <laughs> <laughs> the, the G's, man. I know. Uh, the birth of a crystal sphere is an extremely rare, lengthy, and beautiful event that tends to attract the attention of deities. The Torillian god, Lathander, the deity of dawn, adores new beginnings and likes to observe such births. Once he and his paramour, Tyke, spent an entire year watching a birth from the back of a Kandori or space whale. Perverts. Uh, I mean, uh, so wait, the okay, these spheres just come into existence and then there's planets inside of them all of a sudden? I'm so big bang oriented, you know? Like, yeah, oh, a single yeah. point originated all the matter. Yeah, blah, no, blah, blah, no, this is like they spontaneously seem to originate. Cool, okay. And it's just like a... I think, and I, I didn't read this anywhere, but my take was that like the idea here is every time a DM births a new homebrew, a crystal sphere is born. Dope. Okay, so <laughs> you have to you have to get somebody to one shot a campaign inside of your campaign so you can like complete the 
the plot hole loop of like sphere birthing so the party can like see the sphere birth. Or yeah, whatever. absolutely. Some exactly. convoluted the sphere shit birth like that. has to be observed or it never happened. I need all five of you to start running a game right now yeah. independently of each other. <laughs> it's going to be great. You're gonna get the. We're gonna get the gods' attention. <laughs> so the process of birth, in some way, seems biological. Uh, it starts with an existing crystal sphere. Oh wait, no, that we have an explanation here that. I totally oh shit! About. Okay, we we speculated, and now here's the truth. Yep. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it starts with an existing crystal sphere gradually growing in size, swelling, and they're growing apart and splitting like a cell. Yeah, the two crystal spheres remain clustered together for some time, akin to fairy dragon eggs. Uh, sure. They remain close together while swelling to fully grown size. The spheres are so close that they actually gently chime every time waves of phlogiston bump them together. Eventually, crystal spheres grow to their full size and stars inside them spark to life. Man, I'm going to be honest. I like our idea, our idea better. Because I just think, I don't know, it's just weird that they're like my, mitosising. Uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> it's just like... Uh, uh, like it's a so, copy, but not an exact yeah, so, copy. So is it like another Forgotten Realms? Like if Forgotten Realms has a Forgotten Realms baby, is it just Forgotten Realms Jr.? It's Forgotten <laughs> Forgotten Realms, the sequel. Yeah, like uh, in, I don't know. In this, one, I like the homebrew. Idea in better. this one, we've implanted all the all the same actors from Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, this is cool. So, so basically, what you're saying is you have to get deep. Like digging deep into space, like digging deep, yeah. And then absolutely. you have to hashtag fake bullshit mm-hmm. some fairy dragon egg style birthings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Keep okay. going. No, that's all. I, <laughs> okay. That's it. That was the complete thought. <laughs> so next, let's talk about the phlogiston. Okay, the, I'm uncomfortable. The phlogiston. <laughs> <laughs> the phlogiston is a term that can either refer to the space between the crystal spheres of the prime material plane, or to the flammable fluid that permeates it—a rainbow-colored chaotic material that surrounds the spheres. That's crazy that they mentioned it was flammable. Oh, it's very, <laughs> it's very, so, it's so fucking it's flammable. As flammable as a thing can be. We're going to talk a little bit more about it. Only you can prevent phlogiston fires. <laughs> Bizarre creatures inhabit the phlogiston and prey on spell jammers traveling between spheres. Spacefarers sometimes call the phlogiston the flow or the rainbow ocean. Oh, hell yeah. That sounds awesome. <laughs> it does sound awesome. The phlogiston is an opaque, brilliant, multicolored ether that does not resemble any of the four elements. It cannot exist inside crystal spheres and quickly dissipates if brought inside. It also cannot be reproduced. Most importantly, it is extremely flammable. Any spark or flame, magical or otherwise, will immediately explode, violently igniting the ship in its surrounding area. Because of this, travelers always extinguish their flames before leaving their crystal spheres. Enclosed areas of the ship can only be illuminated by magical or flameless lights, such as those produced by fireflies. Yeah, you want to really put your uh, evocation wizard against the wall? Uh, send him out into the phlogiston with fucking Crush, fr- like Space Crush. Space like, Crush! Let's go ride the phlogiston, dude. No so, fire, though. <laughs> I just recently went to the aquarium <laughs> with my family. Sure. And we, of course, little Finding Nemo came up. Mm-hmm. Crush is the best character from that movie, right? Am I right? And his son, Squirt. Yeah. yeah. Yes, both of them together. They're a duo. They're a package deal. Best characters, right? And Dory. Dory's cool. Dory's cool. Dory's cool. And what about that uh, school? big school of sarcastic fish that like Dory and not Marlon? Oh, yeah. That was funny, too. They're a very nah, good character. I'm, all, I'm a Crush fan. <laughs> Crush is the best. Moving on. Because of the obscuring nature of phlogiston, crystal spheres are usually not visible during most of the duration of the trip. They only become visible at very close distances, and due to their enormous size, always appear like perfectly flat walls with no apparent curvature. Okay. So you can't really see the crystal sphere coming because the phlogiston is just so thick. Jeez, what a sentence. (laughs) My God. 
<laughs> this just became a dungeon cast episode. Yep. It took it did. Took about fifteen it's minutes, official. but we got there. It's official. We're here, everybody. Just play that one back. <laughs> I'm clipping this. Yeah, you should. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh my god. Tell me more about the flitchiston, please. <laughs> Trying. <laughs> trying. God damn it. Why do I say these things? I didn't ask right. for this. I did sign up for this shit, though. I did. I need a minute. <laughs> We're taking a short rest. Short rest. <laughs> okay, it's short rest time. Oh, shit. <laughs> I had no like, after I said it, I was like, oh. oh, like, oh. Wow. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Shout out to We've returned. Indeed we have. We're fucking back. We're back. Guess what, everyone? We have a Patreon. 
Patreon.com slash DungeonCast where you can support Will on his dirty mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Uh, this unintentional. Yeah. Uh, it is the best. Uh, it is the singular best way to support us if you can. Absolutely. Um, yes. And, and if you can't, that's totally understandable. <laughs> but you could also go to leave us a review. Yeah, that'll help. Uh, Apple iTunes. Those five-star reviews, they're really cool. We get a re- little report when we get them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, comes in every Monday. And I, I love reading them, even the one-stars, because the one-star stuff is like kind of funny. People yes. are like bad. They're few po- and far between. Yes. But they're very not constructive. I think our last one was like bad podcast. Like, yeah. Cool. Cool. Thank you. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but we prefer good- the five star ones, so please leave those. <laughs> yeah, those are dope. They're they're usually very very kind, <clears throat> and uh, I appreciate everybody that has taken the time to do that. Um, lovely yeah. little reads. Absolutely. Sure. Thank you guys. Are you ready to do this? I, I'm ready. All right. Are you ready? I, I am ready. Let's go. Excellent. The phlogiston also completely blocks access to other planes of existence. It is impossible to access another plane while in the flow. Even the extra-dimensional space created by Mordenkainen's Magnificent Mansion spell or magical items such as a portable hole. Oh, okay. So all that shit is completely shut off. Portable hole so cool. Mm-hmm. The phlogiston is... Uh, far from homogenous. Uh, the fluid itself varies in its density from place to place and also displays river-like flows, sometimes connecting objects such as the crystal spheres themselves within them. In fact, the vastness of the phlogiston is dominated by flow rivers, which link which link crystal shells in a mind-bogglingly gigantic 3D web. Uh, mm. Spelljammers can make use of these flow rivers to greatly increase their speeds through the vast distances within the phlogiston. Increasing the contact area with the flow to acquire greater speed is also the reason some spell jamming ships have sails. It's the EAC, bro. We're getting closer and closer to finding Nemo. So they can, like, ride the current. <laughs> absolutely, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but you mentioned earlier about the sails. Yeah. They're in solar winds, it's similar, except for they're, they're catching the flow rivers. They're catching that sweet flow, <laughs> that nasty stuff. The crystal spheres float freely in the phlogiston, sometimes enough to significantly change their positions with respect to each other over time. The flow, however, remains unaltered, so navigation between the spheres remains possible. Many of these rivers flow in both directions, but some flow in only one way, forcing a return trip to take a different route. So if you want to find a certain sphere... You'll have to calculate the amount of time versus flow to figure out like where it might be now. Yeah, okay. yeah. In some cases, not in all cases. Sometimes crystal spheres don't necessarily move. Okay, so. yeah. So they get stuck in like a little like non-energy area or something like that. That or they'll just be kind of caught in a particular flow river network that like a, maybe doesn't allow them to move much. Like a whirlpool. Yeah. So there, there's like some of them might be having planetary movement style movement where they like you know go around a lazy river or something like that and yeah will just be kind of like out in the ether somewhere yes exactly okay. yes <clears throat> so it is apparently not possible to actually see fl- uh river flow or flow rivers yeah flow rivers uh though detailed measurement can be detected can detect a significant increase in the drift of the multicolored fog in one or two directions okay they are felt more than seen an individual sitting on a spelljammer helm can easily realize that a starship has entered a flow river okay <clears throat> got it They'll, you'll feel it like start to curve off to like one side or something. As yeah, you drift. A particular, a particularly stable configuration of flow rivers known to most spacefarers is a triangular formation of crystal spheres consisting of realm space, forgotten realms, capital R, in which uh, Toril is located. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I just, I just fucking read all about that. Yeah, gray okay. space. You know, uh, Greyhawk. Greyhawk, <laughs> where the world of Earth is found. 
and Kryn space, home to the world of Kryn, and that's Dragonlance. Okay. Uh, the Flojo Sun has a strong current that flows between realm space and gray space, making two-way travel between the two crystal spheres relatively simple. <clears throat> there are, are one-way flows from gray space to Kryn space and from Kryn space to realm space, but not in the opposite directions. Okay, so I would imagine that the new Spelljammer setting will include Eberron, and I uh, move yeah. to call it the Ron space. <laughs> I love it. I support this movement. Yeah. yeah. I will sign the petition, yes. <laughs> I don't like Ebba space. Ebba so space. We'll go with Ron space. Eber space. Eber space. Ron space. <laughs> Ron space. Like I Ron, like, yeah. And it's just a picture of Ron Swanson. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Another stable configuration is located very close to realm space. It is known as the Arcane Inner Flow. It encompasses uh, nearly a dozen crystal spheres, including Refuge, a close neighbor of realm space, and the site of a spaceport controlled by the Arcane. Ooh, the Arcane. The, the Arcane are a race of spacefaring and extraplanar merchants, especially interested in dealing in spell jamming equipment. Okay. How convenient. <laughs> um, a third known stable configuration of the flow is known as the Arcane Outer Flow and is believed to include over 100 crystal spheres. Uh, safe routes between the inner and outer flow are known only to the Arcane, though, so that that's their realm. I mean, 100 sounds like a lot, but not compared to what is in, like, actual space. Yeah, no, if we're, if we're comparing to an actual galaxy, it's, it's a tiny amount. Yeah, this is like a local, <clears throat> this is like a local area. Yeah. So 100 crystals can be a lot to visit. But like yeah. a nice little array of um, places to go, you know, mix up the campaign. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And the thing is, like, you know not all those 100 are actually mapped out. Like, plenty of them can just be whatever homebrew you want. Right, yeah. Uh, the spell jamming, uh, like, ether, like, in the Flagistan is uh what like the ocean floor it's like five percent explored exactly yeah right. <laughs> safe oh i said safe us. okay some areas of the phlogiston contain vast clouds of negative energy known as dark regions mm. one particularly dangerous dark region is located between the vodani empire a vast and aggressive realm spanning 12 crystal spheres it is the largest and mightiest empire known oh shit and 12 the, spheres yeah and and the 12 and the 12 and the realm space triangle and and this place is known as the weird. <laughs> yeah, with all you fucking murder hobos and perverts running around making stories in the realm space. Mm-hmm. So we just call it, that's a weird shit. That's a weird shit. <laughs> the weird is inhabited by a Zalani ghost ship known as Lady Lenore. Cool. The Zalani are a race of black gargoyle-like creatures who are said to be amongst the most fearsome humanoid creatures in, known, in the known universe. Also cool. There's, there's a lot of gith out there, right? I know gith for the- gith. Th. I know there's a lot of uh, gif. N- I would say there's more gif than gif. But aren't the gif like really good candidates for like this they kind are, of space They are fantastic adventure? candidates. I don't know how um, prolific they are in the actual setting though. But okay. like they already are like astral sea dwellers, and like right. where the astral sea fits in your spelljammer setting is well, fuck, I don't even know. I know, and but, they uh, have the um, <clears throat> they have the boats already, right? Yeah, they already got the boats. They basically have spelljammer, and they have dragons. They have dragons. Yeah, they super have dragons. They have red dragons. Remember, they have a a, a big deal with uh, Tiamat. Oh right, okay, I yeah. do remember that. All right, yeah. Email. Um, so so now let's t- <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> <clears throat> My bad. So now let's talk about <laughs> spell jammers. Okay. A spell jammer is a type of magically powered vessel that can travel great distances, even into the wild space and the phlogiston. Okay. Each ship has a magical helm or captain's chair that allows a suitably powerful mage to pilot the ship. Some spell jammers are also capable of traveling to other planes of existence. When you <clears> take <throat> off in a spell jamming ship, you have to be like, it's spell jamming time. 
Like, oh yeah, uh, every it's, time. Like it's Morbin time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's time to, or do you say time like to spell jam? Time to jam <laughs> some spells, okay. baby. I'm very curious because I did not find it anywhere. Why the fuck are they called spell jammers? Because when you hear the word spell jammer, what do you think? Uh, like a fucking radar dish. That scene from Spaceballs where they throw the jam at the at the fucking <sighs> radar dish. Okay. Like uh, they're gonna like stop your magic. Yeah, that's what I exactly. Yeah. They're gonna jam your spell, but that's not what these are, obviously. So I'm not sure why they're called spell jammers. Um, I didn't read it anywhere. There was no sentence that said they're called spell jammers because of X reason. Can I tell you something secret? Yeah, go ahead. I also don't know why they're called yeah, spell jammers. I, yeah, I, I didn't think you did. Okay. <laughs> spell jammers vary uh, enormously in design, but many contain common elements. One such element being that in a variety of spell jammers are fan shaped sails, whose purpose is to harness the flow of the flosion sun, um, or if within a planet's atmosphere, the wind. <clears throat> okay, cool. <laughs> That's fucking super convenient. It is. Like, yeah, if I, I just pilot it into whatever atmosphere, it'll fly. So, mm -hmm. great. The size of spell jammers is typically measured as their tonnage, which reflects the volume occupied by a ship in spatial tons and is different from the typical tonnage of seafaring ships. One spatial ton is equivalent to a volume of 100 cubic yards. Or, or 76 cubic meters. Mm -hmm. When traveling through the emptiness of wild space or the flow of the phlogiston away from large objects, spell jammers can reach a top speed of 100 million miles per day. Or 6,800,000 kilometers per hour. This means that a trip from Toril to Saloon could... That can't be right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Saloon. Yeah, from Toril to Saloon could be completed in just over an hour. The sun could be reached in two days, and the crystal shell of realm space was 64, is 64 days away. Okay, so far. They're far as fuck. Yeah, actually, yeah, these crystal shells are huge then. Because everything I just said is within the same crystal shell. Yeah, so what I imagine is the crystal shell contains like all of the planes of existence for that reality. Yeah, and like, you this can is a fly to Saloon's bubble. realm. Yeah, exactly. Literally. That's or crazy. wait, isn't Saloon like a plate? Like a, oh, Saloon is, is the moon in Forgotten Realms. Yeah, they okay. call their moon Saloon. That's what it because was. there's a goddess of the moon named Saloon. Yeah, so you could fly to the moon in an hour. And the sun in two days, and the crystal shell, so the edge of the solar system, is 64 days. Yeah, okay, so it takes <clears> at least 64 days to get outside of the sphere, uh, and then you have to go in the phlogiston, and however long it takes to travel between spheres. So you could be... Uh, if it takes 64 days to get... Well, here's the thing. probably take like three months to get to a sphere. I could see that, and that's probably right, but I just realized, like... Um, Spelljammers travel much faster outside of crystal spheres. Oh, they can inside. They hit that flow. They hit that flow. Yeah. So who knows how long it could be? Yeah, but I think three months sounds about right. Three months <clears throat> on that flow, oh, and it depends on how the flow go. What if the flow go wrong way? <laughs> then you go wrong way. Then you go wrong way. You go against the flow. Mm -hmm. That doesn't sound right. No, never go nah. against the flow. No. Uh, these high speeds, also called spell jamming speeds, cannot be maintained in the vicinity of a gravity plane or inside an atmosphere. Whenever approaching an object of at least 10 spatial tons or 1,000 cubic yards. Or 760 <coughs> cubic meters. In volume. <coughs> most spell jammers automatically decelerate to much slower speeds, usually determined by the ship's size, the quality of the helm, and the pilot's magical capabilities. Okay, so if you're good at magic, you can make ship go faster. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um... So many, many alien races inhabit, inhabit the Spelljammer universe, including humans, dwarves, beholder colonies, rapacious neogi, militant gif, centaur-like dracons, elf armadas, spacefaring orcs called scro, which is just orcs backwards, uh, the, myst <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> the mysterious Great. arcane, the thrice the thrikeen insectoids, and bumbling tinker gnomes. Illithids are another major race, but they're presented as more mercantile and less overtly evil than in other D&D settings. <laughs> you want to buy some death sticks? Yeah, absolutely. I yes. got them all in my face. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know all the things that will and won't be included in the new Spelljammer setting. I don't know what may or may not be changed from previous editions, but some stuff has been revealed to be in the upcoming book. So let's talk about those things. Yeah, like the Illithids selling Pirates of the Caribbean DVDs out of their out of their tentacles. Absolutely, like, and of course their newest mixtape. Yeah, and their newest mixtape, hot shit. Um, Spelljammer boats all have uh, disc drives. Absolutely, so, they yeah, do. Yeah. Um, so the first thing we're going to talk about is the Kandori. Um, a lot of promo art is out there that has heavily featured these large whale-like creatures. Kandori, also called space whales, are among the largest living creatures found in space, 80 to 100 feet in length. Uh, they resemble aquatic whales in appearance and temperament. They are most often spotted slowly swimming through the void of the phlogiston. Uh, the main differences between them and whales are that they have no mouth and their leading edge is dotted with small eyes. The Kandori are peaceful except when threatened. When provoked, Kandori attack with their massive tail flukes. Kandori can also emit a blinding flash of light from their leading eyes. Oh, that sounds cool. Um, 100 feet is roughly 30 meters. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, also, while you're at it, you should pull up an a image of the Kandori. They're really cool looking. Kandori. The Kandori have no need to eat or breathe, but they retain an air envelope around themselves. Uh, they feed by collecting light through a mass of white patches on their belly. They tend to travel in pods of two to eight individuals. Several pods gather together annually into a large herd for mating. It is during this time that Kandori, especially male bulls, are most likely to attack passing ships. So they just look like uh, humpback whales, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Like, like space humpback whales. Yeah, space humpback whales with weird, uh, like... Mm. It's like deep, some deep water eye stuff kind of going on a little bit. Yeah. A lot of like five eyes acro running across the front of it, or maybe I'm. Yeah. Yeah. That's about right. There's also a lot of desserts uh, under the name Kindori. That's this, interesting. On this image search. Very interesting. So there are actually uh, wild space societies that often travel on the backs of Kindori. They oh, shit. lightly hook small structures called howdahs uh, onto the creatures and ride along with them. Uh, Kandori often have air-producing plants and mosses growing on their backs, providing a stable air envelope and, minim and minimal ecology. So they are like little life pockets, really. Wow, that's mm -hmm. awesome. That's pretty okay. cool. Next up, the Eldritch Lich. Oh, damn. That's like more than an Arch Lich? Or... It's different. It's just different. <laughs> <laughs> From beyond the stars, a great old one whispers promises of reality-defying knowledge and world-bending power. Neat. When a wizard or warlock hears that whisper and listens too intently, they might set foot on the twisting path towards becoming an Eldritch Lich. Too deeply, if you will. Deep like Dagon. Mm -hmm. Deep like Dagon. Uh, like other liches, eldritch liches are spellcasters who have cheated death, but an eldritch lich does so by allowing a great old one to implant a far realm parasite in the lich. Oh, what? That parasite bestows undeath upon the spellcaster and causes strange tentacles to sprout from its body. Fun. Uh, the parasite's mouth is visible on the lich's torso, and the parasite guards the lich against destruction, reviving the lich a few days after death. Canny foes can sabotage an Eldritch Lich's revival by slaying the Lich in a magic circle, thereby forcing the Lich to return to in a distorted form, robbed of most of its power. So a wizard is like, what must I do, Elder God, to become the Eldritch Lich? And it's like, have you seen Dead Man's Chest? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like that a little bit. Exactly. There you go. And then they put an Animorph uh, slug in their fucking ear. 
Is that a thing? Is that is that how the animorphs become animorphs? There's a uh, slug. Well, the bad guys have the slug. And what does the slug do? It is the it is the it takes over the brain of oh. the host. So the slug is the the oh. persona okay. or whatever. Cool. But uh, it crawls into your ear and makes you uh, be evil. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh. Okay. And then you can animorph. I think. I think an animorph power is different. Yeah, like, it's not slug based. Yeah, it sounds different. I thought yeah. it was like some sort of power cube or some shit like you know, that. I, I've never read a single Animorph book in my life. But you get it. Yeah, I get the idea. Everybody An Eldritch Lich constantly hears bizarre whispers from the far realm to which the Lich nods and mutters. Occasionally, <laughs> the Lich uses its telepathy to share those whispers with the minds around it. <laughs> That's cool. Okay. All right, next up, we got the GIF. Awesome. GIF are burly, seven-foot-tall, hippopotamus-headed people. <laughs> yep. In wild space and the associated ports, GIF are most often encountered as spacefaring mercenaries. These troops are renowned for their martial training and and the, their love of explosives and are typically armed with gleaming pistols and muskets. Uh, hippos to the max. Hippos are the most dangerous mammal. They really fucking are. So Every scary. aspect of the spacefaring GIF society is organized along military lines. From birth until death, each has a military rank. Promotions don't depend on age but are granted by a superior as a reward for valor. Muskets and grenades are the specialties of many gift regiments. The bigger the boom, the brighter the flash, and the thicker the smoke it produces, the greater the glory for the one wielding the weapon. Okay. Gift mercenary. You know what gift mercenaries kind of remind me of the, I think he's Russian, the Russian explosives dude from uh, Lost City of Atlantis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They that, that's, of, that's pretty yes, cool. I can see, definitely guy. see that. Uh, gift mercenaries have been known to accept payment in kegs of gunpowder and preface the gold gems and other currency. <laughs> Cool. So there's this Can thing. Can you imagine being born and like a fucking military captain is like yelling at you fresh out of the womb? I know, like, right? What's up, soldier? Yeah. What's fucking good, son? I like that. Make like an it. explosion right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian. So there's this thing that they have shown pictures of that they are calling an eye monger. I have a I have a link in the notes. I need you to click it and don't say anything. Okay. Because I have one fucking question for you. Okay. Is this a uh, you got it? My mom told me not to click strange links. You click, click this strange All link, right, Brian. Hang on, hang on. I clicked it. Okay. Don't say anything. I have a question. I didn't do the thing. I thought it didn't I was do the thing. Do. Hold on a second. Okay. What the fuck? I'm having a technical error. Oh One no. Second. Oh no. Yeah. It's because it's from. Um... It's because you have Apple products. I just did it the wrong way. Okay. Okay. I've cl- now I've clicked it for reals. And do you see? Okay. I have one <laughs> question for you. Is... Oh no. <laughs> Have they rebranded the Aster Eater? <laughs> no, it looks like he's about to eat some ass. They call it the Eye Monger, and I find this revelation to be disgusting, oh, and I am what? offended. This, you're telling me this isn't the Aster Eater? Yeah, Eater. they're calling it the Eye the Eye Monger. I'm offended. He's looking at he's looking at ass. Yeah, are we about to lose a magnificent beast, which is called the Aster Eater? Well, there's a good reason not to call it that, and that it's not good enough for me, Brian. <laughs> It'll be the Aster Eater in our hearts. Absolutely. Always. Please check out our episode on the Aster Eater, which is <laughs> essentially an extension of this episode. It really is. Yes. Was the, the whole episode was the Aster Eater, right? Uh, no, it was. I had the Aster Eater as a surprise at monster the at the end of. I want to say it's our. Oh shit! The Hive Mind. Um, it was like, the, yeah, it was the the Hive Mind episode. Yeah, it was a Beholder episode. Hive Mothers and all the other ones. Hive at mothers, the end, I yeah. had the Aster. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. So that's the thing. That was some of the funniest shit. It's also not the, the wildest thing we're about to talk about. No. So there's one more thing I wanted to mention. I see. Okay. Space clowns. 
That hmm, that's troubling. Space clowns are apparently a thing now. Okay. I mean, they were a thing then, apparently, but now they're a thing now. Fucking Pennywise is, like, tired of the sewer. He's, like, going to space. Basically, they are apparently fiends of some sort. Uh-huh. They come from clown space. <laughs> what the fuck, Spelljammer? Uh-huh. Spelljammer is a comedy setting, right? It, like, it, it has, has to be. be. Uh, they're shape-shifting clown people who disguise themselves as balloons or even as children. Uh, they fight with toy ray guns that shoot actual laser beams or whatever else you want them to. Okay. When they die, they explode into acidic ichor. Huh. Their ships have catapults upon them, which launch giant deadly pies. <laughs> that is all I have on space clowns. <laughs> I hate you, wizards. <laughs> Why did you do this? What the fuck is this? That, that's all I got on Spelljammer, man. What do you want to? You want to talk about any of it? <laughs> Are we done? We gotta, we gotta see what comes out in the book. You can't just end the episode like this. I, I have. You I can't. Have. <laughs> this is not right. Space clowns. The Aster Eater isn't the Aster Eater anymore. Welcome to Spelljammer. Somebody was watching like a lot of Doctor Who when they wrote Spelljammer. Yeah, I feel like because be, like that's the shit. Be. Doctor Who's like, yeah, there's fucking evil. There's a bad guy. and It's just a fucking clown. Yeah. There, there you we go. go. Fucking run with it, and the writers mm-hmm. do what they have to do. Yeah. And it's probably going to be terrifying. Yeah, it absolutely is. This I've, sounds terrifying. I've seen pictures that are terrifying. Okay, angry hippo people that like explosions. Well, they're not angry, but they do like explosions. They could be angry. They could be angry, they're but they're not angry default they're angry. Hippos. hippos are angry. They're, specifically hippos male hippos. Hippos are default angry. I they are default like. angry. Uh, yes. Unless you're a hippo. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. only sometimes. There's eldritch liches, which are just kind of like worse liches. Yes, bad uh, Davy Jones liches. The um, Aster Eater has changed his identity, but he's still a sexual predator. So like, so like, <laughs> yeah. I gotta be called. Call me the eye monger because I don't just eat ass. It's not all I do. Um, what else did I talk about? Um, Asteroid eaters. Actually space whales eat are nice though. Asteroids. Let's they don't agree act, that, that space whales are nice, and they're spa- they're space whales are nice. Uh, hippo people can be hired to do your dirty work, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they're mad and they like boom. great old ones like will boom. try and get you to implant a tadpole into your brain. Illithids are no longer evil, but they are trying to sell you DVDs out of the trunk of their spell jammer. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And yep. Uh, mostly uh, pirates movies, so and they're avoiding Disney copyrights really hard mm-hmm, if they can mm-hmm. with psychic powers. And we've traded out the evil illithid for space clowns. Yeah, basically. Welcome to Spelljammer, everybody, where no spells are being jammed, but we do have fucked up uh, Pennywise clowns just kind of like out and about, I guess. (laughs) Let's take a long rest. Okay. (laughs) Shout out to Hey, everybody. Welcome to the long rest. This is the part of the episode where we just coast on the lazy river of phlogiston Mm -hmm. uh, and float, float away. Where we won't see the... Crystal Sphere's coming. No. Uh, we might bump into them. Maybe we, we won't. Phlogiston is just too thick. It's so thick. <laughs> My God. <laughs> it's colorful and flammable. It is. Just like regular semen. <laughs> okay. All I right. Mean, what, what are uh, we talking about today? We're talking about the last mile. Thank you, the last mile, for uh, being such a, such a stalwart patron. Yeah. Um, oh, everything we do. Thank you, Last Mile. You're amazing. Uh, that's we're gonna do Patreon shoutouts in a couple episodes. But we saw you come in, and uh, you've been you've been special to us at your fluctuating your fluctuating tiers, which we appreciate all of them. Uh, but every time you do it, I'm gonna shout you out, boy. You know that. <laughs> you know that. We talked about it. Um, so yeah, thank you to everybody on Patreon. Um, those changes are are getting rolling finally. 
uh, that we've been talking about for a little while. So check mm-hmm. it out. We have a wonderful, uh, we have a wonderful community of people that support this show, uh, and it doesn't stop at Patreon. It it goes deep uh, into Discord. So join us. At digging the, deep, if you will. Deep like digging, digging deep, uh, digging, digging deep into it. Yeah. Anyway, check us out on Discord. There are wonderful people there. If you're just like looking to for, I know. Um, uh, they've added some channels recently from what I've heard, uh, to help, uh, support like care. There's a lot of character creation stuff going on. Um, there's a lot of, you know, if you need help world building or anything like that, there's stuff in there. And if you want to talk about the dungeon cast, you can do that too. Um, or super quest saga. We've got all kinds of channels. Will and I are there. If you want to talk to your special guest, Jake or a friend of the show, Josh Freeland or Tom from dude, could you imagine, who will be uh, participating in Unhollowed with us shortly? Uh, we're all there, so if you want to like hit a tag and you know be cool about it, I guess. <laughs> but you know we'll get we'll get around to answering you for sure. Yeah. Um, most of us are in there pretty regularly, especially Will and I. Uh, so you can join us there. You can also follow our Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, those types of things, social media stuff. Um, and uh, the biggest and most important thing, which we might make a separate video about, it sounds like we will. Uh, is we are giving away the new Spelljammer book. Yes, we are giving away Spelljammer Adventures in Space. Um, I think we're going to do it the week of uh, its release. So I think when this episode airs, there'll be a few days till its release. So um, I have a wonderful calendar. You do have has, a wonderful calendar yeah. that probably says when we are giving it away. So I think we started the giveaway on August 1st. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... Uh, that was not announced in the episode 300. No, but it was announced across our social media, yeah, at the very so, least, so including keep, Discord. Keep an eye out for that. We'll make a. You still have another week to go. Yeah. Um, so pretty much it ends on the 15th when the book comes out. Yeah. Um, we'll be reaching out to the person that wins and yeah. giving them, uh, getting like the address stuff worked out where you want the book shipped essentially, and we will do that shit. Yeah. And to enter the contest, I believe all you got to do is share the show with the hashtag DungeonCast and let us know. And if you do that on Twitter, we'll, we will automatically pick it up. Yeah. Uh, and and there will probably be an announcement in Discord and stuff like that. You know, if you're if you're plugged into the DungeonCast outside of the podcast, you'll probably see stuff about the, the giveaway and how to perform the tasks required of you to win the book. <laughs> and it's all to spread the word about the show. Word of mouth is a super powerful way to uh, spread the word about something, and we want you to spread the word about the Dungeon Cast. That's why it's a retweet of like a link to the show or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the idea. Tag your friends sort of contest. We do that too. Uh, get them entries in. I'm sure there's like the standard way. We don't run the giveaways ourselves anymore. This was a thank you to those of you who are br- brave and bold enough to do so. Uh, but yeah, win yourself a Spelljammer book, baby. Don't be scared. Get in there and blood eagle that shit. No oh god. Tell everybody. Um you want to add anything else or? No, I think that's good. I think we can call it a game there. Are we going to do another Spelljammer episode after the book? Oh, yes. Like an updated yes. Spelljammer. Once the book is out, we will probably have a lot of different Spelljammer episodes depending on what what's inside. Yeah, so this is our preliminary, you know, here was Spelljammer before and then we can just focus on 5e stuff mm-hmm. when that comes exactly. out. Exactly. Pretty cool, man. Um yeah, there have been uh, a lot of cool books coming out for D&D. I'm really excited. The movie's on its way. Uh, good stuff, good stuff. Stranger Things. It's all happening. Mm-hmm. Um, let's call it a game. Yeah.
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.